Hello and welcome to Minip, your fantasy sports community. I'm your host, Blake, coach of Youngies Yaks. I'm joined by Clinton. I'm coach of Dash's Dogs. How are you going, Blake? Yeah, good, mate. The uh, season's ticking along nicely. We're already up to round nine, so it's uh, before we know it, we'll be getting towards finals. But, yeah, good to be finally up to where we're up to. Uh, if you're... <laughs> If you're listening or watching the show on YouTube, please leave a like and subscribe to our channel so that the show can get recognised. Um, or if you're um, do want to support the show, please go to our Patreon page and I'll put the that in our show notes and also up in your screen now. I'll read out our league leaders from our Patreon leagues, Clinton, um, for sure. Super Coach. Um, so on top, we've got James. Then yourself, Zach, Jeffrey, me, David, Caleb, Aaron, Louis, and Mitchell. So there's our top ten there of our Super Coach Patreon League. So thanks to those guys for supporting our channel. Um, and you're all uh, very close there at the top. You're only you're only about sixty points behind the leader there, Clinton. Um, and yeah, I think it's still an open race for the the top spot there in our Patreon League. Absolutely. I think the, the buyers may separate a few teams if teams are uh, well prepared or not. So that's all going to happen very soon, obviously. So, And just a matter of which teams have got a bit lucky with injuries and how close teams are to fully being upgraded. So, yeah, it's all happening. Yeah, I'm ready to make a comeback, Clinton. So, um, yeah, watch out. Um, let's get – so we'll go – We'll go through AFL Fantasy halfway through. So um, if you're watching on YouTube, there'll be a, a chapter there so you can click straight to the fantasy or I'll leave in the show notes for our podcast listeners as to which part you can flick to at what time of the show. So we'll go through our team reviews first for Supercoach Clinton. Um, I'll kick us off if you like. So I scored 2,259 um, so just slightly below the average, which was 2,266, so just slightly below. My overall ranking, I moved up about 1,500 spots to be 11,995. So pretty happy to be moving up the ranking considering where I started. Um, my trades from last week. So originally when Bonson Pally was out, he was slightly underperforming anyway. Um, and when he was managed, I decided to trade him out to Patrick Cripps. Really? Um, yes, I went that move and only made one other trade, and that was to go from Hugh Dixon, who got dropped. I went Dixon down to Curtis for a bit of cash generation. After seeing my bench performances of Hobbs and Gibkiss on the weekend, I thought, I would benefit by getting an extra 27 points by doing a change in my trades. Instead of getting Crips, I ended up getting Doherty. Um, so a bit of a late-minute decision there on the Sunday. It ended up costing me six points and a little bit of cash generation as well. So far. <laughs> so far, but I do have about 200k in the bank so i can get crips this weekend um so overall it's not didn't cost me that much um but yeah pretty happy with how my team's shaping up um yeah how'd you go clinton just quickly so you just brought in Doherty, you're bringing crips how's your first buy looking bloke? it's um uh, not great at the moment um, we'll get into okay. our trade plans later. Um, Excellent. See how I'm going to approach that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I scored 15 more points than you, so very similar, um, right on that average. So 2274. Um, I rose 60 spots in the ranking, so now I'm ranked 2927. Um, yeah, pretty happy. I was just a bit of a consolidating week really i didn't um be too aggressive with my trades i um was eyeing off Jaden shaw for several weeks um after his move to the midfield so i got rid of nick dacos for short and i uh, was going to 
I'm pretty sure last week I mentioned I was going to use the trade boost, but with the way that teams were structured and when the games were, I ended up doing just Dixon out as well because um, I was going to trade, I think it was Horn Francis, but when Hugh Dixon got dropped um, when West Coast were desperate for players, it wasn't a great sign, so he needed to go for me. So I got rid of him and I brought in McDonald's uh, McComb from the Bulldogs, who um, did well um, for his third game, is going to make a lot of money. So um, overall, yeah, had a few disappointing scores. But as I said, for me, it was just a bit of a consolidating weekend. I'm ready to be aggressive again this week. No, you're performing very well, Clinton, as it's showing in our Patreon rankings there. Let's uh, get into... Our guess who? <laughs> Before we had a comment on our YouTube last week, Clinton, that uh, the trade, the feedback was that I believe the trade plans um, music was the best out of all the lot. But I, I don't know. The guess, the guess who is pretty good. Yeah, guess who is really um, catchy. <laughs> So the, just to recap on last week of the Guess Who, Clinton, um, if for those who are following my Guess Who, they're performing pretty well. Uh, Alex Witherden in that first week. Um, but last week we went Travis Boak, who I pumped him up and he went 149 uh, and is now the fourth highest averaging super coach player. So might be a good thing to follow my, uh, my Guess Who's, Clinton. Two, okay, two from well, three is pretty good. I'm intrigued to know who you, you're going to surprise me with this week. All right, Clinton. I am a forward, and I have the highest consistency rating according to Supercoach as a part of their statistics. I'm okay. coming up against two bottom eight sides in the next two weeks. Okay, then. I'm predicted to go up 80K this week. Price at 491. Hmm. Don't know yet? No. <laughs> I've scored over 160 the last two weeks. Tom Lynch. Tom Lynch is correct. He's coming wow. up against some bottom sides. He's got a high consistency <laughs> rating. He could, could go big over the next few weeks, Clinton. Um, if he scores another 110, he'll he'll go up uh, 80k this week and be one of the highest price forwards. Well, that's yeah, that's definitely coming. A- out of, any chance? It's definitely coming out of the blue last couple of weeks, but uh, Richmond have looked pretty good. Um, as you've said, they come against um, was it West Coast and Collingwood the last two. So yeah, he's um, obviously he's in the news this week more so with his opponent, but. Um, no, nah, well, Richmond in this form, yeah, he may score well, but he's not coming anywhere near my team personally. Oh, come on, Dash's dogs. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm two from three here. Let's see if I uh, can follow it up. Let's get into our bold predictions, Clinton. Um, last week, my first bold prediction. We'll take it in turns this week of saying our bold predictions. Okay. Last week, my first bold prediction was... Tim Taranto to score 130-plus. Um, and he has been quite disappointing since I've brought Tim into my side. I think I got him in. I brought him in for Patrick Cripps when he was injured. So that was about three or four weeks ago now. And he has been drastically underperforming for me. Um, so he only scored 84 last week. And since I've brought him in, he scored 92, 63, 97, and 84. Um Ouch. Yeah, in replace of Crip. So that really has that stung a fair bit. How was That's, your first bowl prediction last week, Clint? That one's derailed your season somewhat. Um, <clears throat> my first bowl prediction, uh, which I think you put out there a bit, was I really backed in Jack McRae, which I was happy about. Obviously, I think um, I think I wrote it off whatever you want, 150, 160. But he did, he did the job for us um, who... Uh, followed the advice and 
went to VC on him. He scored 144, so I didn't quite achieve what I predicted, but in some, in some way I was still very happy with his return to form. No, I did put it out on the socials content on the Twitter and the Instagram about your bold prediction. I think I put it out at about halfway through the third quarter when he was already on about 110. So I might have mozzed him a little bit there. I might have slowed him down. But um, no, it's a a good call on McRae. Uh, My second bold prediction, Clinton, do you remember who I mozzed? I can't remember who you mozzed, no. Who'd you mozzed? My bold prediction was Max Gorn to score under 110. (laughs) Two from three again. (laughs) You need to seriously stop this. I think this segment needs to be... Two from three. (laughs) ...modified to no more mozzers. I did it to O'Driscoll first week. I followed it up with Max Gorn now. Two from three. He only scored 84 and... Is 82. we'll discuss him later. Oh, sorry, yeah. but he's uh, yeah, a bit of a doubt for this week, but weekend, and it'll be interesting to see if they rest him. So, that was my bold prediction that was correct, content. Okay, well, my other bold prediction was I backed, I think I backed in a drisk with a score massive. I think I predicted him to score 110. He, what did he end up scoring? He scored 61. So just over half of that. So very disappointing. I thought the way he looked those first couple of weeks, he just looked like he'd accumulate the ball pretty well. But yeah, for the last few weeks, he's just um, just struggled to uh, rack up the possession. So disappointing. He's very, very likely to be out of my team this week. I reckon with Fremantle, I reckon the last couple of weeks have been winning the ball out of the Senate clearance is much easier. So I reckon they've been much more direct going into their forward line. Whereas when I saw that game where he dominated, they were flicking it out to the loose player, but that was just from my eye test. Um, bowl prediction for this week, Clinton, what do you got for me? You need a you need a lift now after none from two. Well, yeah, okay. I'll, yeah, all right. I'll take that one. Um, all right. Well, I'm going very risky early, and I'm sure it's a player we'll mention later in the recording, but... Zach Butters, a very highly talked about player. No, this is not a moz. I'm backing him in to respond. Surely this time, he scored out of the eight games so far, he scored four times in the 50, 50s. He needs to respond. Um, I'm very so, interested to see what score you say for Butters. I'm very, uh, we'll talk about him later. I'll just say it. I'm backing him in to score 120 plus. Well, we we need to share notes a bit more before the show, Clinton, because my bold prediction was Zach Butters was going to be the highest scoring forward for this week. Oh my goodness! Um, 120 probably wouldn't cut if uh, yeah. I like to go bolder than you sometimes, so. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So that's your bold prediction. My second one, um, Luke Parker has uh, obviously come into a lot of teams the last couple of weeks. I got on him at the right time. He was on not many at all at quarter time. I think he's on about 10 or 15 Supercoach points. At half time, he's on about 80. And we're deprived of a massive score because I think he must have – he. He tweaked his ankle early in the third. So you end up scoring 89. So um, I think we're all deprived of a massive score on, on the weekend. I'm expecting Sydney to bounce back. They've had a disappointing couple of weeks. I'm hoping his ankle's all good, whatever that injury was. Um, I'm backing him in. This is setting a high bar for Zach Butters. Here we but go. I'm, I'm backing him to score 150. Jeez, that is okay. That's rather do bold. Know, do you know who he's playing? I haven't looked at it. No. <laughs> you should know. They're playing Essendon. And oh, he's going to score 200. I'm backing him in to score a massive score. So there you go. My, my 
consolation bowl prediction for this week was um, Essendon to win against Sydney. Um, but my my Moz, everyone's least favourite segment. Can I go? Can I go the opposite? Oh, oh, what you want Sydney to win? No, no, just Sydney to thump Essendon. That's my prediction. That's that's not very bold. Everyone's least favourite part of the show. Everyone's least favourite part. This week's Moz is a person who you bold, boldly predicted last week and is Jackson McRae to score under 100. He's playing Collingwood Friday night. A lot, a lot of super coaches will have him as VC. I reckon so Pontempelli will be back. They'll just the super coach mob will be after you if he scores less than a hundred. Yeah, I'll be, the, I'll be at the front recording of that next week because I had enough <laughs> of you modding my players. Yeah. He's, he'll he'll be my VC, so it'll be a lot and, of people's VC, and he'll score more than last week. He'll score more than one hundred and forty-four. Well, all right, good, we'll good see luck. how that good turns luck. out. <laughs> good luck. I don't know if you noticed, but all of my mozzers are people that are highly owned players who I in do my team, have. in my team, <laughs> who who I do not have. Yeah. Um, bit of an. Extra one before we get into some community questions here, Clinton, for you. Just some, I've labelled it as whispers or um, just a bit of news information. Okay. Um, Horn Francis was on light duties today. He was running some laps rather than joining in main training. Blake's uh, breaking news. Yeah, you might be copying another show's segment there, Clinton. So we won't we won't label it for now. Um, okay. <laughs> Clark for West Coast Eagles is ready to go after recovering from COVID. Gorn and Bontempalli are listed as available. Um, Hewitt's a test deal for this weekend, so the third week. Luke Cleary is going to debut for the Bulldogs, a 117K defender, which will come in handy potentially in the next couple of weeks um, when Gibkiss and DeConing hit their peaks. Um, Riley O'Brien, Ruckman for Adelaide. He, according to Adelaide Advertiser, he may get dropped this weekend. Not really super coach relevant, but Harry Mackay is out for six weeks with a knee injury, and Tim English will miss again with illness. So just some uh, just some information there, Clinton, before we get a, into our community questions. A follow-up one on top of that, Blake. Obviously, we mm-hmm. record these recordings on a Wednesday night. Recent news is that um, big Stephen Martin was labouring around the track today. So on top of English being out, Steph Martin may not be playing also. Is big Jordan Sweet ready Jordan to go? Sweet is likely to play and that may consolidate one of my trades. I'm building up the tension for it. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. I'm very excited to see what you do there, Clinton. Let's get into some community questions after our new segment of some whispers there. <laughs> yeah, just a quick one of the community questions. The shark. Uh, the shark. Uh, question from Az. Would you go someone like Sicily who is a proven performer in the back line or would you go someone who's slightly cheaper in the likes of Dawson or Blitzavs, he's mentioned as an example there. I personally haven't considered Blitzavs from Geelong, but um, how would you approach that there, Clinton? Blitzavs has been in the ruck the last couple of weeks, or at least the last week, so he's scored very well. The question is uh, someone like that. Who was the second name you mentioned? Uh, Dawson for Adelaide. Yeah, I think it comes down to what type of risk you want to take. Right now, Sicily has looked like a very um, consolidated top defender who looks consistently and reliable. So I think he's a great option. And 
the players who are slightly cheaper, like Dawson and Bricksales for that matter, there's just a slight element of doubt with their roles and um, if they'll yeah, sustain that, that scoring, the recent scoring for the next few weeks. So that's the type of risk that you as a super coach are needed to decide. If you, you you need to pay up for that more consolidated score or if you're wanting to take a slight risk and go a bit cheaper, but there's a bit of doubt there. So I think ultimately it comes down to use the who's selecting the team and um, sometimes the more expensive pick is the right option because and you're paying up for that. But sometimes you could go slightly cheaper and that risk pays off and it, it pays off. So it's um it's one of those ones, it's up to your own choice. But personally, I would be prioritising Sicily despite him being obviously a bit more expensive now. And yes, he was cheaper, over 100 grand cheaper at the start of the year, but he's looking very sold. So that's... That's what I think. What about you? I, I think it comes down to how you're structured up across your other lines. If you can use that extra money in another in another way to get a different premium, um, or if there's another cheaper player across another line. So if you went, I don't know, Dawson in defence, does that allow you to get a, a premium in a, another position? Or if you did go Sicily, does that allow you? Is there a mid-price person, maybe someone like Taranto, who you can afford now? Um, so it just depends on your structure and um, where you need to build up from those rookies. Um, another question I had for you, Clinton, on that in terms of blitz as playing in the ruck is dual position players, do you need to consider them for when they'll be um, – change over to having another position added is that round 12 i believe so yeah yeah do you need to start considering that as a part of your strategy as well maybe the likes of bontempelli or bailey smith who i think are on the fringe of getting forward status i I would definitely hold off trading in a forward premium with that doubt as the if yeah in a few weeks time i think there'll be a Potentially, yeah, as has been well documented recently, there might be a few of those players coming into the forward line in a few weeks. So I wouldn't rush my way into choosing someone that, yeah, maybe in about a month's time won't be top six forward. So, yeah, I'd be prioritising upgrading my midfield or defence before choosing a premium, at the, like a current forward premium with, yeah, potentially, yeah, a few of those bigger names coming into the forward line in a month's time. Let's uh, discuss Zach Butters in that regard then, Clinton. Is it worth potentially holding him for that bit longer so you see which uh, forward premiums will be the top ones? Um, He does have a high break even now and he's actually dropped in price and he is against North Melbourne this weekend though. He's obviously been very disappointing and a lot of people are trading him this week. Um, my response would be one more. He's got one more chance. If he doesn't score at least, or just watching the game, if he doesn't look like he's getting the ball enough or his work rate isn't there or whatever, if he scores less than probably 90, he's probably going to go for me. Um, if he returns to form, he'll, he'll stay on the team. but. Right now, um, yeah, I'm just obviously he's been disappointing, and you can't continue to keep someone at that price scoring 50s. It's as simple as that. So, because of his opponent this week, that's the only reason why I'm keeping him. If he was playing anyone but West Coast or North Melbourne, I think I would have traded him, but I'm giving him one more. He's got one more chance. Yeah, his break-even is only 105, which isn't overly that bad considering last year he scored 98 against North Melbourne. year before he scored 104 against them. That was before he was playing a lot more midfield time. So I think, yeah, you're right. If he wasn't playing against a weak opposition this week, you'd, um, you'd trade him straight away. But, yeah, There's thank the- you for that. 
There's the yep. break even part which you mentioned, but there's also just the on field points. Like it's yeah, it's all well and good. He may score a bit, drop a little bit of money, but if he scores another fifty, that's that's a bigger kick in the guts than the actual losing a little bit of cash. Like his his on field points is the most disappointing part at the moment. Yeah, he's almost. And for a lot of teams, you know, top of the rankings, he'd nearly be one of their highest, I mean, sorry, one of their lowest averaging players, the way he's going. Um, I know he's getting close to being, yeah, he is my lowest averaging forward at the moment. So, and a lot of teams would be very similar. So thank you to James for sending that question through our Patreon. Actually, who was that? Was that James? Yeah. I don't think we should help James too much. So he's on top, is he? Yeah, he's on top. Um. James, trade, trade uh, Butters. Yeah, make, make him captain, actually. James, yeah. <laughs> Put the VC on him. Uh, yeah. Actually, yeah, you're right. Straight captain, Butters. Um, yeah. Another question we had through, I believe someone was still holding Tim English. Um, if you've held him for this long, I would just see it through one more week, Clinton. Do you agree? <laughs> if you've held him for that long, then yes, I'd hold him because the way he played... At the start of the season, he'll yeah, he looked like a top six forward. Perhaps who knows how sick he is, but obviously he's missing through illness this week. But potentially that gives him another week of getting his hamstring even more right than what it would have been. So who knows? It might be somewhat of a blessing. And yeah, I if you've kept him for this long, I would keep him. And it's the same with Hewitt. If anyone's asking about Hewitt. Um, if it gets announced on Friday that he's going to miss again for one more week, I'd I'd hold again. Like we've put up with the pain for the the last couple of weeks. Um, one more won't hurt. Obviously, on the proviso, you've got a pretty good solid bench option, which everyone seems to have with the likes of McCartan or DeConing or Gibkiss. So. Especially in Supercoach, he's the second second highest averaging defender. And the, uh, the top one is Vlosted, who's not playing at the moment anyway. So he's a, yeah. I wouldn't is be Vlosted the, Is Nick Vlosted the highest averaging defender? Correct. He's only no. played, I, I think he's only played two or three games and he's okay. put in a couple of, he's played three games. He's put in a couple of big scores. There you go. Um, the other Ruckman, Clinton's Max Gorn. A bit of injury news came through early in the week that he um, had a scare to his knee, um, but I think he's got the all clear from that now. I think he should probably rest against West Coast this week rather than fly him across there, in, in my opinion. Um, any thoughts to trading Gorn if he misses this week? No chance. If you've got him, you'd be keeping him. Right now, everyone's guessing how bad... His knee is. I mean, if you've got him, yeah, and there's no, it'd be, yeah, I don't, I, everyone's guessing. So if you've got him, you're keeping him, and potentially if he's playing, well, there's a chance he's, he could oh. score, score 200. If you don't yes. have him, you wouldn't be trading him in this week, obviously. So that's just, it's as simple as that, really. And I think, yeah, you wouldn't captain him, Any... I don't think. Any consideration if he misses of trading him to Sean Darcy, who looks like he's returned to his best? I would not trade Max Gorn. Fair enough. I see him as the number number one ruck. Um, those people with Pruce, he's obviously rising a lot of in price. He's been scoring well, uh, potentially for my team in the in the next couple of weeks. Um, if Bruce can continue his form to the buyers, I'll keep him, and then I might look at Darcy um, around that same st- stage. If Gorn doesn't play this, if English and Gorn don't play this week, Clinton, I've got the two highest averaging ruckman. Do you know who I've got? Um, Witsy. Witsy is the third highest averaging, and. Yeah, Bruce is the fourth one. There you go. Um, Sean Darcy was very impressive last week, scoring 178. Um, I think he will – I think the best 
the ultimate ruck combo at the end of the year will probably be Gorn and Darcy, and then in- English in the forward line, preferably as a as a backup to swing him into. I'd I'd I imagine that would be. People with wits wouldn't be complaining with his season to this point. Um, and yeah, like the way things are going with that change to DPPs, we may be looking at about three or four Bulldogs in our forward line. So it's going to be pretty interesting. Yep. Uh, let's look at the best rookie options for this week, Clinton. We discussed it last week and you got it right over me with having McComb and I ended up getting... I said Curtis was probably the best one. Um, so you got me on that one. Uh, have you looked at the best rookie options for this week? I have. Um, just on McComb, obviously he's Friday night again. So um, he'll be my emergency uh, player on my bench. And if he scores well, that's going to actually impact my trades. Um, yeah, I think there's still four options being really talked about, or even five this week. Um that West Coast Ruckman who is likely to come back from injury. Strandika. Yeah, I think if you're desperate for an R3, he could be a good option, but not many people in that situation. Um, yeah, obviously there's four players to talk about. Rioli's being traded in by a lot. Um, Hamilton, Carroll and Clark, despite only playing one game, he's going to be back this week, as I think you mentioned. So there's four Rookie's been talked about. Um, what I'm looking at in my team is um, I'll, I'm only going to get one rookie this week. Um, some people may be getting two. As I mentioned last week, the buyers are closing in and uh, there's three of these guys on that first buy. So you've got to be careful of not watching that buyer, first buy around. Um, long story short... I'm still waiting on Clark. I'm going to see how he goes this week, so I don't need to rush him in. Despite, I'll, I'll explain my trades later. But um, I'm tossing up between Rioli and Hamilton. Carroll has played well for Carlton, but there's still that element of doubt as to what happens when they're full strength and um, Hewitt comes back in. So for job security reasons, I'm tossing up between Rioli and Hamilton. And I don't know a lot about uh, Cooper Hamilton in terms of watching him. I haven't seen much of the Giants the last couple of weeks. So I might have to actually do a bit more research on him to see how he's looked because um, I'm pretty much yeah, tossing up between Rioli or Hamilton and I'm not, not sure which way I'll go yet. Yeah, they've all pretty much got that round 12 bye, don't they? Um, yes. Richmond, Carlton and GWS as well. Um yeah, it's, if you're looking at buy strategy, um, I think you just got to pick the best option for for the ones on the bubble. I would say probably Carroll looked the most the best player for Supercoach scoring wise out of the the likes of Rioli, Carroll, and Hamilton. But Hamilton just that extra bit cheaper might assist um, in getting some other players for me. So. I will talk about my trades. Is there any other players you want to discuss before we get into our trade plans, Clinton? I do. I just think it's important to, as I said about the buyers, but you need in terms of when their buyers are, but also you want them covering. So I think uh, these teams who had that first buy, you want them playing for not only the next couple of weeks, but then after their buy, you still want them playing. So that so you've got that, that spot. Um, that playing player. So I think it's you have to really work out which ones are... That's why I'm probably leaning towards Rioli because I think the way he's played, he's got a specific role there. He looks He's looked good. Um, whereas the Giants, I'm just not sure how they're tracking, what their best team looks like. The players are getting moved everywhere. All, all it will take is a one poor game or may not even play this week. I don't know, but um, yeah, anything would happen for a Giants player. That's why I'm just leaning towards Rioli. Um, how many plays did you not how many plays did you not have play last week, Clinton? Not play in terms of having a looping option? Yeah, in terms of your bench and 
coverage? Uh, I only had two. I'm still holding Dylan Stevens. Um, if he, I've, I've seen him on the emergency list several times the last month, so I haven't needed to trade him out, and I still think there's a chance he'll. I've been checking the stats, and he's been playing quite well in the VFL. So I've held on to him, and obviously I've had Hewitt the last couple of weeks who's been injured. So that's the two that haven't really been playing. Otherwise, I'm, yeah, I've got a playing bench. Yeah, the only one that didn't play for me last week was Hewitt in the end mm. after after trading. Um Yep, very good, Clinton. Before, before yeah. we go, before we go to our yep. trades, like obviously there's people upgrading in different um, lines as well. So there's lots of players to mention in terms of upgrades, and all depends who. You, all I'd recommend is obviously, is this guy going to be a season keeper or is he still somewhat of a stepping stone? I am pulling a different rein this week. I'm going against what I've done all year. I've normally just obviously traded to who I think is going to be a top player, whereas this week I'm just doing something slightly different. Um, so Tom Lynch. Definitely not, but um, you can go into your trades if you like. Yep, let's get into our trade plans. There's a favourite music there for the trade plans. Okay, um, this week I'm looking to upgrade two of my midfielders, Clinton. So I'm going to be very attacking with the Horn Francis news that he's light and training, he's gone for me. And so that I could afford the top tier players, I'm trading out, I'm using a trade boost, trading out Dacos, Horn Francis and Jai Caldwell. So sort of my um, a three a three rookies that have ro- risen in price for me. I'm trading yeah, much, out for... How much has Caldwell gone up for you? I said that as a failed pick. How much did he rise for you? 120K. Okay. 120k while averaging 82 for me on field. Did you, is that from the, when did you get him in though? That's a good call. I got him in, oh, I can't remember. Yeah. I'm yeah, not sure it, was, it was early. Okay. It was early. It was before his price rise. It was after round two when Merritt went down. Okay. All good. Yeah. Um, as he hasn't scored below 70. So as a rookie, it's not too bad. Um, so trading those three mid midfielders out for at the moment, I'm bringing in Greg Clark, going the early trade for him, and bringing in Patrick Cripps, and I was tossing up between Boak and Petrarca, but based on their buys, I'm going Petrarca. Not a bad call, that. Not a bad call. Um what about VC and, and C? And, and they're playing against West Coast this week. So my I my issue is my looping options. So it'll depend on my teams. If George Hewitt's if George Hewitt is playing, I don't actually have a looping option and I'll be pretty keen to lock in Clayton Oliver as my captain. Um I might just chuck the VC on Lockie Neal and see what happens. But Oliver will be my captaincy option for this week. Very good. Good luck. Thanks, my, tr- my trade plans for this week. Um, uh, I've had the field at Driscoll the last couple of weeks. He's going for me. The other two players are going for me. So I'm trading. I'm also using a boost, which will be my second last one. O'Driscoll's going... Horn Francis is going, and so is Jake Bowie. So I've wanted to keep him because of their fixtures the next couple of weeks, but as I'm playing it quite aggressive, um, and he's obviously got a high break even. So the players I'm bringing in. Now, I'm bringing in Dane Zorko. Zorko, the magician. I'm bringing in Dane Zorko to complete my back line um, in a replace of Bowie. Um, I'm bringing in Darcy Cameron 
for Collingwood. Darcy Kemp. You've lost the plot. <laughs> so he's scored. I'm not sure if you've realised this. He's scored I have two, two tons the last two weeks. And, um, yeah, he's rocking. He's at a, I, he, So he will be, I think, a stepping stone player for me, uh, which is a bit of a – so pretty much instead of keeping Bowley at his price, I'm pretty much doing – with manoeuvring my team around, I'm pretty much side-swapping him out for Cameron at a slightly cheaper price who Cameron will be going up a lot of money soon and Bell will be potentially going down. So that's one way to look at it. Um, and my third option will be a rookie. So as I said, I've got McComb on my bench who will emergency. If he scores well on Friday night, I will then loop his score on and hopefully Dylan Stevens in that case doesn't play and I can – Loop on McComb score, and in that case, I'll bring in Rioli, likely or Hamilton, but probably Rioli. However, if McComb fails, um, I'm not sure if I could trust Rioli on field. So there's a chance in that case I might bring in Clark instead. Um, so that's what I'm looking at for this week. Um, all depends how McComb goes as my emergency, but. Um, yeah, I've gone a bit. I've gone risque. I'm bringing in two players. That uh, one being obviously a ruckman who's a st- stepping stone, and then also Zorko, who's obviously got great scoring potential, but he's risky, obviously due to his age and injuries the last couple of years. But he's played a lot of midfield the last two weeks, a lot of game time. So I'm just taking a risk. He's been playing the midfield, has he? I haven't seen Brisbane's last two weeks, if I'm honest. He's played across half-back for the, last, for the first, whatever it was, five or six yeah, weeks. Yeah, I saw that. And he was limping around a lot. But obviously, he's got a bit better. He's playing midfield and a little bit forward. Um, and, yeah, he scored well the last couple of weeks. And he's still cheap enough. He's about 520K. And I'm just taking the risk. No, very good, Clinton. I look and in, forward. in that, so that in that way, my team how it's set up. Ultimately, I'm nearing uh, full primo. I'm just eyeing off in terms of my last two midfield spots. I'm probably eyeing off Jack Steele, who I still don't have, and I'm, I'll be tossing up for that last spot between Mills and Rory Laird. So I've, I could have got Brayshaw this week. But I'm just eyeing off those other options. Yeah, mine takes me to almost premiums. It's just those few extra players who are sort of underperforming, the likes of Zach Butters. I don't think Nick Martin will be in my final team. I've still got Whitfield ticking along there. Um, These kinds of players I wouldn't really consider them to be premiums at the moment, but pretty getting pretty close to the full premiums. I've seen some very impressive midfields going around on Twitter where they're pretty much all premiums already, but I'd hate to see some of their other lines. Hmm. I think most people have very similar sort of somewhat similar rucks, whether it be Wits and Pruce or Gorn and Pruce, but then... Yeah, it, I think the defense is where some a lot of people have maybe only four premiums and a couple of rookies on field, etc. So, yeah, I'm I'm just playing it slightly different, as I said, um, upgrading my backline first, close to the midfield, and then I think then in a few weeks' time, that's when I'll start looking to upgrade the loss of potentially Butters, but yeah, Martin Canelio's on the chopping block, and then yeah, see how Darcy Cameron goes in the next few weeks. Yeah, Will Brody might get affected when Fife finally returns. And although he played probably one of his best games he's ever played last week. So um, we've probably gone a bit over time for Supercoach Clinton. So let's quickly get into AFL Fantasy now. Thanks for joining us. If you're just... <sighs> Flick through to the AFL Fantasy segment there from in our chapters on YouTube. Um, 
let's get straight into it, Clinton. But um, if you are just watching this, make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Let's go through our team review of round eight, Clinton. How did you go in AFL Fantasy? Not very well. <laughs> I didn't go very well. I scored 19.53. Just my dismal season continues. Um, I'm now at a rank of 14,560. So I'm just continuing to make these little mistakes and they're all adding up. So I brought in... Um, I took out my trades com completely changed the last couple of days, but I took out Crouch in the end because he got dropped. And then Mead, I brought in Carroll for Carlton. And all week I was picking up Patrick Cripps. And then the last minute I changed my mind and brought in Mills instead. So I could captain Mills and he, yeah, failed. So yeah, my cat, I, I wrote down. Just quickly, my tale of woe. Um, I just, I, my, I've worked out my captain scores all season in fantasy. So I captain took. I don't really know. I did this, but I captain took Miller for the first six rounds, and he scored a hundred and hundred forty-seven the first two weeks, which weren't bad. But then he scored a 68, 83, 99, and he finished off the hundred eleven. And then I got Gorn score for 149, but then I got Mills in the weekend and scored 76. So of the eight rounds, if you consider 111 an okay captain score, I've only gone above that twice out of eight rounds. So I've, I think that's why I've had a disappointing season in fantasy. I've just got my captaincy wrong. That's a fair call, Clinton. I'm just, you've got me curious now as to, my captaincy options. My the only time I've gone under 111 was I captain Petrarca against a captain Petrarca in round six, and he scored 76. And that was the only time I've gone under 111. Oh dear. Uh, no need to um, <laughs> But from my round eight, I scored 1,985, which was my first score under 2,000. I needed Carroll to score about 70 in the last game and he didn't get there for me. So, um, yeah, my first score under 2,000 and it showed in my rankings where I dipped about 500 or 600 spots to be 4,198. Um, so, yeah, overall not too happy with how my round age went. But I vice-captained McRae, who scored 110 I decided no nah, that wasn't good enough I thought Lockie Neal was going to go huge and he ended up scoring 113 so <laughs> I got I got above the 111 there Clinton um yeah so that was my captaincy option and then I traded so my trades were Zeri who I was still had on my bench traded him down to Carol who gave me the cash to go Rochelle up to Trelaw in the end. I was tossing up between Luke Parker Trelaw. or Trelaw, and I ended up going Trelaw. I thought he would get more midfield time. I saw Dunkley was playing a fair bit forward and Bontempalli was out. So I thought Trelaw, and he ended up scoring 90. So pretty happy with that return. I think he'll be a pretty consistent scorer um, for my forward line. And It's, a, it's yeah. an interesting trade, and he's only scored 100 over 100 twice. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, interesting from you. Yeah, I looked at his, cons his consistency. He hasn't scored a really low score, which most of the forwards had, and I haven't really trusted many of the forwards in fantasy thus far. Um, yeah, let's get into our hits and misses now, Clinton. No, I take it back about the trade plans being the best music. That hits and misses has got it. Is that your favourite? Is yeah, that one your favourite? Yeah, okay. that's, that's got it hands down. Um, it's probably not going to be a great segment for us considering we didn't have great round eights, but I'll kick us off with my, my hits, Clinton. So um, Petrarca returned to form. He scored 118 for me um, as a premium option. That's what he should be doing. He was my highest scorer. 
And my other hit was Nick Martin scoring 104. He should win the Rising Star, Clinton, and he's been one of my favourite players for Essendon this year. There hasn't been many good players that I've liked there at Essendon this year, but he's been one of my favourites and he should win the Rising Star. Um, He was my other hit. Excellent. Um, I actually did get a couple of good scores. Um, Angus Brayshaw I've had all year, um, and I'm not sure if it was a miss or I think I met his name recently, but he scored 123 in the weekend, so I was happy with him. And the other hit that I had was I actually was able to loop on Paddy McCartan's score. So he scored 86 as an emergency, so I was happy to, for his price, etc. Um, similar to you, I think you said about Carroll, I, I thought I was going to have to start him, but then I worked out that I could get on McCartan's score and bench um, Carroll, which was handy. So that increased my score by probably... What, what did Carol end up scoring? Uh, 55 or something. Yeah, so about 30 points that I got just being a bit lucky with the way I can move my team around. So a couple of hits there. I'll go over the misses. Yeah, obviously we had um, a few of these players. Oh, Bowie's been disappointing for me the last few weeks in fantasy. Um, he's uh, He was going okay there for a few weeks, but, yeah, it's been disappointing. So 52 and Mills... Um, Bringing him in as captain, I expect more than 76. So I think he's a well-deserved miss for the weekend. Yeah, my miss from the weekend was worse than yours considering the price I paid for him. He's a premium option. It's Tom Mitchell scored 51 for me. Um, quite disappointing considering his price point and he's my fourth, my fourth midfielder. So that was quite disappointing. Uh, and my other one, after he scored 133 or something the week before, Josh Dunkley returned a 62. Like I mentioned, I think with Bontempelli being out, he, um, I think he spent a fair bit of time forward against Essendon. It worked because he kicked a couple of goals and was able to take contested marks against Essendon's weak defence. But, um, yeah, it didn't work for him this week, only putting out a 62. Disappointing. A lot of people went the VC on him last week as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting this week if we want to talk quickly about our teams this week. Um, I've got McRae, Bailey Smith and Dunkley. And being in the Friday night game, my big decision this week would be which one of those three I VC. Um, I still haven't made my mind. I'm going with VC... McRae and Supercoach, but I might lean towards Bailey Smith in fantasy. Uh, for me, it'll be McRae over Dunkley and Trelaw. Dunkley because he's playing forward and Trelaw because he hasn't had the scoring capability of what the other two have. Yeah. Um, let's get into discussing some players for this weekend, Clinton. For, for me, the biggest concern for AFL Fantasy is cash generation. I've got a fair few players on my bench who aren't playing at the moment. I've got the likes of Mead, who you traded out, Hoff, Dixon, and i still got Hewitt sitting there. So I've got the concern of cash generation off my bench. And we've also got the players that are getting very high break-evens now. So I'd like an answer from you from some of these, Clinton, whether they're if whether you'd hold or sell them. Let's kick off with Horn Francis, 509k, so break it 74. So, uh, Dacos break even of 90. I'm still holding, um, because he's still scoring reasonably well, and um, I need to hold pretty much. I've got other priorities. I have listed here Nash has got a break even of 76. Um, if he if he can, yeah, if he can trade. Rochelle seventy five. Trade. Butters one hundred and seven. Considering what I've said already, um, I'm backing him in to respond. So I'd I'd keep one more. Um, just if you missed the super coach segment on Butters, it went for about ten minutes, so you might have to flick back to that. Um, and 
the interesting one for this week, Clinton, is with Cleary already being named as a Western Bulldogs debutant at 170k defender. Would you look at if you could afford to get Carroll, who's got a break even of negative 10 and averaging 71, who's priced at 284, or would you go the rookie option of 190 if you? I think you'd um, you'd check teams first. Um, I don't know about Cleary as a natural player if he's been scoring well. I, I need to do some more research on that one, but uh, yeah, in those cases, I think you've in fantasy wise you've missed the boat somewhat with someone like Carroll. So. Just, I think that's where our, our teams are slightly different. My, I think my bench is better um, suited with playing rookies and going up in price. So I think you've played a bit more aggressive with the on-field option. So I've got the likes of, uh, yeah, McComb, uh, Carroll, McCartan, Durden, Clark, all my bench. So I'm in a good position in terms of my bench. But, in yeah, so with the case of, we mentioned names before with like Rioli and, Hamilton, and he just said Carroll. I think unless they're really dominating, I think you'd go for the cheaper rookie. Um, some other rookies who are still generating cash slowly have still got low break evens. The Konings, mm. seven, Gibkiss, 32, Meads, 19, and Hoffers, still 17. But the concern with for them is they're not playing. Dixon's got a break even of thirty. That that's my concern. You're right. I've traded out the likes of McCartan early. Um, I traded Rochelle like two weeks ago. It's um, yeah. I've I think, I've had I think very aggressive. That's your priority because throughout the buy rounds, you're going to need playing options. If you've got too many red dots on your bench, that's going to severely impact you. And I wouldn't be surprised if you. Uh, fielding a short team um, come the buy rounds. Um, yeah. As it stands, Clinton, I'd like to go through with you who, not necessarily who's in your team, but the top three players from each line as premium options who you think would um, be big trade-in targets. Okay. Um, That's on the spot. Yeah, on the spot. Um, I could, I'll kick you off first with defenders. Um, for me, it's short, Dockery and Crisp, the highest averaging in their playing. Would you yeah, agree with I, that? Or... Off the top of my head, I agree with that, and I don't have any of them, which explains why I'm struggling. So, I, I've, yeah, I didn't start short, didn't start Crisp, but that's why I'm really struggling is I don't have those options. I think I'll, I went with the likes of Whitfield, um, yeah, so I think, um, yeah, I've, without obviously researching too much, but they're, yeah, I'd be very happy with those three. Yeah, um, there's Vlossen's the highest averaging again, um, and Hewitt's the fifth highest averaging player. I I started with Crisp, don't have Doherty. Jaden Short, I brought in for Ridley after round two, after Ridley was underperforming, which turned out very well for me. Uh, midfielders, Clinton, have you any consideration into top three midfielders? Um, I'll tell again. you, I'll tell you the, the top averaging ones for you Brayshaw, right. Bailey Smith, Lockie Neal, Dunkley, Keys, Cripps, Boak, Oliver, Greg Clark. You know, what? In, in all honesty, like you can throw a blanket over those names and I don't. In previous years, there's always like a stand, like one or two standouts, whether it be last year, the second half of the year was Jack Steele and Turk Miller. Whereas this year, it just seems like across the board, yeah, there is players scoring well, but then, yeah, then they put in just an average score. So there's just, for me, it's hard to have a couple of standouts there. So um, right now, my midfield's pretty strong. I think I've got, I'm almost, full of premiums in the midfield. So the midfield is actually good, but um, yeah, as I said, difficult to single out just the three top ones. Would you believe that Took Miller and Jackson McRae aren't in the top 15 averaging midfielders? That is surprising. 
and they were two of my starting options. So that's yeah. Once again, cost me. Uh, Ruckman, Gorn, Gorn and Bruce. Would you say? I would, and yeah, very. Yeah, Bruce has been scoring well, and yeah, definitely just keep him and reassess maybe after the buys and see. It's one of those things. The likes of Wits and. Darcy scored better at Supercoach, but maybe don't get as, as much bull around the ground. So I for now I'm quite content with Gordon Proust and not looking too much further into it. Yep. For the forward line, so highest averaging averaging is Dunkley, English, Taranto, Moore, Heaney, Trelaw, Parker, Will Brody, Nick Martin. Yeah, right. Um obviously Pretty Dunkley much. Dunkley a lot of people have English is a good option to get in soon once he gets back to his full health. And someone who I've eyed off or in Supercoach I have, but yeah, Luke Parker is someone I want to get in AFL Fantasy also. But then, yeah, soon uh, we'll see if those other midfield options come down to the forward line soon. So keep an eye out on those ones. Yeah. Good call. Um, any other plays you want to discuss before we get into our trades this week, Clint? Um, not necessarily. Um, no, don't think so. Let's go straight into the trades. Um, do I play some funny music? Or um, yep, it's um, uh, YouTube's favourite music, Clinton. So better play it. That makes you, you feel go. better. Um, and, and, and you. You commented that on YouTube, didn't you? <laughs> My anonymous account. Um, yeah. Uh, so trade plans, I'm finally going to get rid of uh, the first one. I'm going to get rid of Jason Horn Francis and I'm going to bring in Darcy Cameron. Um, so I'm, I'm doubling up on him in both formats. Um, and... And yes, just so you know, he has scored 100 his last two weeks in fantasy. Um, the other option I'm going to do, there's so many players I can rattle off, as I said before, like Bowie, Dacos, O'Driscoll, Dan Riola could go soon. I think Cornelio could go soon. So I've got a lot of players like that that I want to get rid of, but I don't quite have enough money to really go. I don't want to bring in someone for the sake of it. So I'm actually going to get rid of Jack Hayes, who I still have, um, and I'm going to bring in a rookie. I think I'm going to, as discussed earlier, I think I'm sort of back in that Cleary for Bulldogs, or I'll just wait and see if there's any other rookies that come on, come uh, into the, the teams tomorrow night. But um, I just want to go a cheap rookie. I've got some other rookies gaining money, so I just need someone at a cheap price, and that will leave me 350k in the bank which hopefully can allow me to make a couple of those upgrades next week. So um, as I said, like I, I was pretty keen. I could have brought in someone different to Cameron and like gone a bit of trying to get a different premium, but I really believe that he's growing that well, that he's a good option to get in now and he could make a good, you know, another 200 grand in the next few weeks. So I think he's a worthwhile trade in and then, yeah, as I said, I've, I've got so many players I want to upgrade, but I don't really um, trust who I can... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking at the moment anyway, Blake. Uh, so Vice-Captain Bailey Smith, Captain? Uh, potentially, I might have faith in Mills or I think Oliver's a solid backup option. So probably Oliver, actually. Yeah. My concern for this week for my trade plans is whether Max Gorn plays or not because my R3 is currently Hugh Dixon. So if Dixon... So Dixon, I'm assuming, is not going to get a game. And if Gorn's rested, I'll need, I'm not going to cop a zero. So I need to bring in a, a ruck forward... And the ruck forward division isn't that great. Um, I'm going to chase you down, Blake. I'm feeling more confident about this now. 
you've got so many doubts about your team and question marks. So despite me having an ordinary year, I all of a sudden feel more confident when I'm going to chase you down. Yeah, so currently <laughs> I, I, um, I'm bringing Dawn, in a Dawn, a if Gorn plays. If Gorn plays, my trades will be Horn, Francis and Dacos for Cleary and Clayton Oliver. I like that. And that'll leave me with an extra 200K as well to launch into next week to I upgrade think, someone else. I, can, I think Gorn's going to play personally. But if he doesn't, what's your plan? Bring in Beg for Collingwood. Yep. Still trading out Horn Francis and Dacos with moving some players around and bring in Beg and Clayton Oliver. Okay. What if Beg gets dropped? <laughs> then I'm stuffed. There's no other ruck forwards. <laughs> Or yeah, it, even interesting, or even half decent, just playing Ruckman. You missed out on Sam Hayes, didn't you? Yes, I didn't go <laughs> Sam Hayes because at the time I had a Jack Hayes, Sherry, and who was the other one? Hugh Dixon were all playing. That was two two weeks ago. <laughs> um, yeah. My Vice captain will be McRae, and my captain will be Clayton Oliver. If I don't happen to get Clayton Oliver into my team, it'll be Christian Petrarca. Yeah, it's interesting. I think I'm just looking at my team again. Like, I could, as I said, I don't really want to just trade someone up for the sake of it, but I could get rid of Nick Dacos. I could bring in. Uh, uh, about an 800 grand defender, but I'm just not, still not sure if Dacos is ready to go. But anyway, uh, we'll I see what the team... want him to be. I don't want him to lose money, he's got a break even of 90. Yeah, we'll see what uh, the, the teams come out. I'm sure there might be a few curveballs, and then we'll be back to the drawing board again. I suspect Horn Francis isn't going to play if he was walking, if he was running laps today. And he was pulling up at stoppages when, as soon as the ball went past him, he was practically stopping on the spot. It happened about five times. I reckon he was playing injured last week, and I suspect he won't be playing this week. Mm. Um, if he yeah. did happen to get up, he's only got a break. Oh, he's breaking still 74. Um, yeah, not that great. <laughs> yep. Very good, Blake. Well, Good luck. As I said, it's been very disappointing at this point, but I'm feeling more confident I'm going to get you in AFL Fantasy now. I like this episode. It's filled with confidence. But have you seen my back line? I've got like six out of the top ten averaging defenders. And I don't have probably any of them. Short, Crisp, Sicily, Sinclair, Hewitt and Whitfield. Um. Yeah, yeah. I, I have three. I need to sort out my back line. Maybe I do need to get rid of Dacos. My fantasy week all my fantasy week will all depend on Max if Max Gorn plays or not. Mm. I think he will play. That's mine. Everyone everyone's guessing. Yeah, hopefully we you're guessing correctly. All right, Clinton, good luck for round nine. Um Hope everyone listening and watching the show has enjoyed it. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button to however you've listened to the show today. Um, Yeah, check us out on Patreon to support our show. Hope you enjoyed the show. See you next week.